Welcome to the Security Sessions podcast, brought to you by Talist and hosted by me, Nera Jones. In this podcast series, we'll be discussing the technologies, people, and processes behind information security and delving into topics like data security, remote access, and digital transformation. We'll be speaking to Talis and industry experts to bring you fresh perspectives on how to navigate the world of cloud security. Today, we have episode four, time for the crystal ball, what to expect in 2021. So first of all, I would like to wish all of you a very happy new year. I'm sure it won't be difficult for 2021 to be better than 2020. So in this episode, we'll be reviewing how 2020's remote working, separation from family and teams have changed us and the general business landscape. Today, I have two fantastic guests, Ashvin Kamaraju, Head of Engineering and Technology Strategy at Thales, and Trolls Orting, Chairman at the World Economic Forum Global Center for Cybersecurity. So welcome to both of you, and I'm going to ask you to very briefly introduce yourselves. Ashvin. Thank you, Nora, and Happy New Year to you and to all the listeners. Uh, my name is Ashwin Kamaraju, and as you introduced me, uh, I'm the Head of Engineering and Technology Strategy for the Thales Cloud Protection and Licensing Business Unit. Uh, so I manage uh, a portfolio of encryption and identity and access management products. And, and this portfolio of products addresses our device-to-cloud strategy. I have a, over a decade of experience in security, uh, starting with my tenure at a company called Warmetric, and this company was acquired by Thales in 2016. Prior to that, I worked for a number of years on enterprise storage software and operating systems. Thank you, Ashwin. And Trolls, I mean, of course, did more, I introduced you with one of your job titles. Uh, you have many, many arrows to your bow. I'll let you introduce yourself very briefly. Thank you very much, Naira. And I also want to thank everybody uh, for inviting me and also Happy New Year. Uh, I'm an old guy. So um, I've been in this business uh, since, the, um, since 1980, and I'm a law enforcement educated person and used to be a police chief in, in Denmark, as you can probably listen to my accent and uh, recall. And what I did was that um, I've been the head of the equivalent to, to, the, to the FBI in Denmark. I've also been the head of operations in the Danish equivalent to the CIA. Then I've been uh, a deputy director in, in Europol. I've been responsible for counterterrorism and organized crime. And then at a certain point, the European Parliament and the Commission, they decided to make a feasibility study in order to see if we should have a dedicated European agency to combat cybercrime. And, uh, and the outcome was we should the European Cybercrime Center. And I was so lucky to be asked to set that center up and to be its leader for the first four years. And after that, I went to Barclays and uh, I became CISO and later I became Chief Security Officer for a team of approximately 3,000 people uh, trying to defend, uh, you know, the, 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 the 50 million customers, uh, sorry, that was the 51 million customers we had in the 148,000 various employees. And now 
I'm, I've set up the, the the Center for Cybersecurity in the World Economic Forum, where I'm so privileged to be the chairman of the board. And I hope to be able to retire, not in too distant future. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you both. Uh, impressive CVs. So to kick us off, what are the key challenges your customers and partners are set to face this year? And I'll start with you, Trolls. You know, um, my customers or, or what we could say the partners is basically everybody in the world. So we in the World Economic Forum, we partner up with the, the biggest companies, but also with governments and academia. And I think that you have one thing in common. That is that the biggest challenge is basically to keep up with the development of, uh, of the digital transformation. Um, so it's about, uh, you know, choosing the right tools, choosing the right tools that also have, you know, security by design, but also privacy by design. And it has to have you know, availability, affordability and convenience. And, um, and, and to, uh, to actually click and tick and all these boxes is extremely difficult. And I think that is the biggest challenge for the majority of, of companies these days. It's also to be able to run everything online and then also be relatively sure that you can keep your data secure and you can keep trust to your customers and with your customers. So I think it's it's uh, it's actually a very complex job that uh, that the various companies have because the demand for the digital transformation is enormous and we all especially after the pandemic want everything to be delivered online and to work online and to order online to train online to trade online to do everything online but safe and secure. Absolutely and especially as our world is becoming uh, ever so much more uh, connected faster digital distributed uh, uh it's a it's a it's an incredible challenge ashvin what have you observed in your community of customers and partners yes yeah, great points uh similar observations uh speaking with our customers and partners and uh government agencies for sure the pandemic put digital transformation on steroids while we were all preparing the journey uh, of transformation. Uh, it, it's it's been accelerated uh, at an incredible pace. And that in turn puts pressure on our customers to migrate their applications, workloads, uh, and data to the cloud uh, and begin transformation of their products into services. And this in turn uh, leads to a much broader attack surface. Uh, Data is now spread everywhere, right? It's on-premise, it's in public cloud, at home. How do you protect against a breach? Uh, that's a big challenge. Uh, also, there are a growing number of uh, data privacy regulations. Uh, we have the California Privacy Act that uh, went into effect uh, beginning of this year. GDPR with all the new rulings, such as the SHREMS 2 that poked a hole in the Privacy Shield Act. A uh, lot of these issues that companies and cloud service providers are having to deal with. And with, with more homes now using smart devices, work will, from home will create new threat vectors. Home networks are meeting corporate networks, whether it's discussing sales figures, business strategy, or product development. 
including details of the company's IP. This information could be valuable if it falls into the wrong hands and is sold to rivals. So these are all some of the challenges uh, all of us collectively are grappling with. Shortage of talent, I want to call that out, uh, with security becoming so important and and uh, there's a shortage of talent here. How will we address this challenge? Uh, and either by training, either by curriculums and colleges, uh, so we have a good pool of employees who are, you know, well educated on the best practices of security, security by design, and and such. That's another very important uh, 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 challenge to take on by uh, everyone in the industry. And uh, uh, thank you. And on that point, in terms of uh, short of shortage of talent, of course, in the cybersecurity industry, this is something we have been discussing for a long time. And there is a point that has been made many times by uh, by many security professionals in terms of uh, uh, the difficult the difficulty to actually enter the industry, and that uh, people are really really willing to uh, to enter the cybersecurity industry, but perhaps not able to for various reasons so uh, can we expect to see more opportunities training opportunities and education for for people who would like to uh, to join the industry but not necessarily have or think they have the qualifications to do so because i personally believe it's a very diverse industry so trolls what's your view on on this it's a great point actually um, and i think that, uh, that there will be a number of solutions hopefully in the future, in in the forum, we have uh, we have actually made a track on on, on this specifically, because um, we, uh, we we realize that we are I think uh, approximately two point four million people short in cybersecurity right now. Uh, so we have uh, worked with Salesforce and uh, and uh, and Fortinet uh, to to build actually an online platform for ed- educating everybody. And I think that we have had more than 5 million people going through that education, not all of the education levels, but some of the education levels. And that is an online training that applies to everybody. Also those who maybe not be fit for university training, but but they have, you know, the talent and they might have other skills. So I think that is one of the areas that we, that we will try to boost much more, that we will have people uh, giving them available education possibilities that is also relatively cheap and maybe even cost-free. And then after certification, then they can go at least to level one, maybe go to the incident response team, and, and then you are inside a company and you can move on. The second thing I think that will change this is that because we have now been able to work from anywhere, um, then in the old days, when you when you were a company and you wanted to recruit somebody, you could recruit people in a, in a radius of, let's say, 30 kilometers or, or miles from your office because people don't want to, to transport that much. In this new reality where you can work from home and work from anywhere, you actually have the globe, you know, uh, where you can attract people and the best talent. And that might then give us some kind of, of possibilities to recruit from areas where, you know, there are more talent than there are are businesses and shops. And then last but not least, I think that you will also see automation of a lot of security tools and coding in the lower end, 
that will relieve uh, you know uh, people from doing more manual work which will be done by by uh, by automation and ai and coding uh, robots and then you will have people fewer people hopefully to look into uh, how to actually compile that but again we are we are we are facing a an, an industry where we expect that there will be 55 billion devices connected to the internet in 2027 80% of those devices will not speak to a human being but machine to machine communication so there needs to be a very very strong uh, security regime and very strong standards for that also so i don't think that we will probably be able to have the adequate amount of staff ready for 2027 but i think that you will see an uptick in the possibilities of actually reaching uh, this and then you also see that a number of companies are now choosing cloud um, as their preferred solution and if you choose that cloud you sometimes also get some of your security built in in, in that cloud package. And then uh, we have also encouraged uh, smaller companies uh, to use um, SMEs and other ones to have, uh, you know, uh, serviced, uh, services that, that are doing your, your security. So you don't need to do that uh, in-house in your company. But it is still not a, a uh, you know, a challenge that we completely have, um, have actually uh, dealt with. So, uh, so you were right, Ashwin, uh, to highlight that. Uh, absolutely, and I think it's uh, it's all our responsibility to actually raise awareness of uh, of this industry, which is uh, quite uh, fascinating, I have to say. So I want to pick up on uh, on uh, on the point that you've uh, both made uh, in terms of technology. So Ashwin, you mentioned uh, uh, digital transformation, forcing uh, many many organisations to to move to the cloud. Uh, you, Charles, you mentioned hyperconnectivity and IoT and machine to machine connectivity. So on that front, what technologies do you expect to rise to the fore this year and in the coming years or indeed disappear? So Ashwin, starting with you. Uh, sure. So I think it's a co continuum of uh, what we have already seen in the past uh, few years. There's a long maturity curve for some of these technologies to gain mainstream adoption. So that'll be the uh, trend. Uh, but I do want to call out a few. Uh, uh, first is uh, deception technology, right? This is uh, gaining momentum in the cybersecurity. Uh, if folks are familiar with uh, the honeypot technology, uh, the deception technology is an evolution of that, uh, less expensive to deploy. And using this deception technology businesses are now going to be on the offensive uh, and taking the fight to the attackers, right? So you create fake credentials, fake high-value targets, and attract the attackers and uh, trap them and expose them. So this is going to be uh, uh, an offensive uh, uh, strategy that uh, many corporations will start to uh, implement. Uh, and, and more broadly, we are moving at warp speed with regards to technology changes. Uh, physical security meets digital security in, in many ways, whether it's your passports or uh, uh, driver's licenses or any number of uh, uh, identity government-issued identity verification uh, documents. And we'll begin to see strides in identity verification and managing uh, digital identities. 
5G networks. We've been talking about it for a while. It's it's here. Some some countries have uh, further along than the others. Uh, it is a game changer when it all comes together between devices and networks and carriers and MNOs. Uh, it enables huge paradigm shifts, right? Such as smart cities, edge computing, and several applications which require significant network bandwidth. And with the availability of more bandwidth, work from home employees can experience a more immersive experience with augmented reality built into collaboration software. So AI, machine learning, natural language processing will all continue to evolve and provide deeper insights into the data and provide more intelligence. Uh, the AI researchers will continue to make strides and address some of the systemic issues with AI, such as bias, right? Uh, so that that's going to continue to get better and better. Also, as Charles mentioned, with the proliferation of IoT and so many connected devices, consumers want to know how their data is being used by the device makers. So I was reading recently that there are initiatives underway in academia and industry to have a privacy label on the devices. Similar to a nutrition label for food, the label will display the security status of the device, its data practices, and privacy policy. Uh, so these are some of the events and technologies that's going to shape uh, you know, uh, the next decade. Fascinating point, Ashwin. And Trolls, what's your take on this? But I can echo lots of what Ashwin actually said. I think that when you look at, at, at the landscape, we in, in security, we are facing, let's say, challenges in, 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 in security, and that could be both in, in IT security, but I would also say that there is a convergence with physical security, and a lot of hackers also you know, sneak into a, a, a building to intercept and, and to get access to, uh, to, to whatever tools they can. So it's security, it's privacy, and it's integrity, and I'll come back to integrity a bit later. I can echo what what um, Ashwin said. I think there are four what we call super drivers uh, right now in the forum, and they are five uh, G mobile, which is um, needed for automation and for for everything that 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 we need to do in the automated world, smart cities and things like that. So that's also a reason why the US and China is fighting about you know the world domination of the five G protocol. Secondly, IoT, as I've mentioned before, there'll be a huge, I would say that to boil it down, everything will be connected, everything will be sensing, everything will be stored, and everything will be used and be intelligent. And that is the new normal also. And we will see that with smaller devices, smaller batteries. So we will be, you know, collecting uh, things from, from all over also in the public and then um, cloud computing will also increase, and we think we'll see a selection amount amongst the cloud uh, providers in the future. And, and uh, they will be able to actually scale up very, very cheap storage uh, availability all over the world. So everything that you get from more devices, mobile devices, more uh, IoT can be stored in cloud. And then last but not least, AI will then be used to get a meaning out of all of that. So that is, is let's say, the, the new normal that, that, that you will say that you will get more of these devices. 
And then, of course, um, there will be challenges how to, uh, to, to control this and, 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 and what should you choose and how should you figure what way and what path to run here. And integrity, as Ashwin also mentioned, I think is a novel thing for companies to consider. We've, we've always looked at who will steal our data, who will ransomware us, who will deed us, us, who will take PII and whatever. But I don't think that the majority of, of companies have had a look into the digitalization of everything that we used to get in envelopes in old days. So as proof of your job that if you apply for a new job, you will put normally in the old days a document of your certificate from the university, a salary slip or whatever, all kinds of documentation that you are qualified for that job. The same if you open a bank account or you want to have a mortgage or a loan or if you want to prove something for accountants or whatever, or if you want to make a claim to insurance company, you have to attach documents for that, either invoices, photos that you had this in your apartment, your bicycle, or, or whatever it is, or an expensive watch. All of this is now a digital asset, and everything will be processed by a digital uh, asset lines. And how will you be able now to check the integrity of my documentation. Do I really have this education that I claim or is it just something that I have in invented? What about the invoice for, for, for what has been stolen or whatever? And I don't think that we have really been looking into this new stream of things that we use as proof for something. And I think that that will be a pressure also on security. How can we as companies be sure that what we see is also right and what we read is also right. So I think that is a novel thing that we will have to look into in 2021. And then on top of that, we will see more of what we have always seen now. And basically because of the lack of, of trust between law enforcement and the geopolitical tensions, that we do not catch any criminals anymore. So it's risk-free to be a cyber criminal. And that will, of course, also boost and fuel uh, the level of cyber crime. So, so I, I cannot, you know, come with really optimistic, um, uh, you know, forecast here. But on the other side, again, if we go back to basic and to cyber hygiene, I think that, that we can actually filter out 80% of the majority of our problems. Yes, I absolutely agree. Thanks, Charles. And in fact, I'm I'm, I'm glad you mentioned integrity because uh, in the security world, all too often we preach by CIA confidentiality, integrity, and availability. But more or less, we very very often concentrate uh, mainly on uh, confidentiality and availability. And integrity in itself is a very big problem because, you know, at the extreme, it can often, uh, it can even destabilize economies. So, uh, which brings me to my, my next question uh, in terms of uh, uh, can we expect to see any new cybersecurity threats or new types of attacks? Uh, trolls, you mentioned integrity attacks uh, coming to the fore, and I think we should be prepared for that. Certainly, it is part of our, of our DNA as security professional to look at that. But Ashvid, what's your take on the, this? New attacks, new threats, new vectors, or just more of the same? Oh, we should always expect uh, new types of attacks and threats. And, and of course, a continuation of what is uh, already known. Uh, attack tools will continue to evolve. And 
become more and more sophisticated. Hackers will show resolve, and, and they use a combination of attack tools never used before to thwart detection. So in the recent attack on FireEye, I mean, that's the company that goes and does all the forensics of a breach and helps uh, companies uh, be, be safe and secure. Uh, there was an attack on FireEye, and the software tools used to test their, cyber sec- their customer cybersecurity defenses were attacked. Uh, so that's new. Uh, you know, that's, uh, if those tools are compromised, then imagine the damage uh, at all the different companies where those tools are deployed. So that's sort of an uh, evolution of uh, the sophistication uh, of an attack. Uh, it's just an example. Uh, uncertainty caused by the pandemic will likely be a big driver in the cyber threats. Anytime there is uncertainty and, and there's money, uh, that's a big target. Threat actors generally increase their activities. Uh, I think about the logistical challenges of, uh, of distributing the vaccines. Uh, the entire supply chain is vulnerable to cyber attacks, to ransomware attacks, maybe even physical security attacks. So I think that uh, you know the sophistication of the bad actors and the attacks will always continue to evolve. Uh, and the good actors like us, uh, we have to be all be on the offensive and defense uh, in, in trying to uh, protect ourselves against those uh, attacks. So expect more. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Ashwin. So, so on that front, as we we look at the uh, our changing world this year, and uh, now that we've had time to digest and perhaps modify our processes and infrastructures, and without looking that uh, uh, people may be going back to the office, or they may decide to remain working from home, and companies now have to adjust to that on a permanent basis. So. What can we expect for the future of, of working? What will change? What do we need to adapt? Trolls, any views on the subject? Thank you, Naira. Um, good questions again. And I think that at least uh, our observation in the forum is that we don't think that we will go back to the time before the pandemic. Uh, that we don't think that we will stay in the way we are doing work now. We think it will blend in. So the, the modern worker today or tomorrow will actually work both in, in, in an office or a, an office somewhere uh, and from home, but also from anywhere. You know, I think that uh, many of, of, of uh, people uh, employed have now learned to, to, to work from, from home, from their summer houses. Uh, they rent places in, in, in remote uh, places and, and they work from, from anywhere. And I think this is what we will continue to see. And because of this, as Ashwin also mentioned, the attack vector, you know, the surface is much broader now, and that needs also to be considered by the companies. But that will be the new normal. So we have to to consider that. And I must also say that while we have been able to move 1.2 billion people out of offices and working from home, which I think was a huge achievement by the companies, and also done relatively safe. We have, of course, seen an uptick in in crime, especially in, in inside ransomware. Uh, because 
our availability of the internet has increased because this is the only tool we have to keep the wheels spinning, so to say. But the problem we have seen is that we haven't really felt the pain from uh, the criminals. They were also taken by surprise uh, by, by the pandemic, and they have just had an uptick and more of the same. But I think that they are planning new ways of exploiting this new normal. So we haven't really seen the full effect on, on, on the crime on that. And then, um, as uh, Ashwin also said, you know, there is no absolute security uh, in cyberspace, like there is no absolute security in physical space. So when we see FireEye hack, which is one of the best, then again, it's just a reminder that that the threat is is, is is rather big. But on the other side, we have to remind ourselves that we are not all in the in the hair cross of Russian or American or Chinese intelligence, luckily, but only by organized crime. And they don't want to invest a dollar to steal 50 cents. So again, here, if you keep up your security basic cyber hygiene and you look at both tech but also people and also processes i'm still optimistic that we will be able then to continue to do this work and to also uh, try to see if we can get more out of the internet and and more growth and more democracy and last but not least i think that we have to consider integrity also can you hack opinions uh, can we use the internet to change democracy and change elections and i think that's something that we have to consider, not maybe so much as companies and corporations, but more as individuals and citizens and governments. And I think that is a big future challenge as well. Yes, very good point. And uh, uh, and, and and I like your description, Trolls, of uh, it's not just working from home, it's actually working from anywhere. And I remember seeing last year uh, an ad from one of the Caribbean island offering preferential tax rates to go and move there because uh, mm -hmm. people can work remotely. That sounded like a very yeah. proposition. <laughs> so Ashwin, in terms of the new, the new way of working, what other insights can you share with us? Excellent points made by Trolls and, uh, and your observations as well, Naira. Not too much more to add. Definitely, we are, it, it, it's going to be a new norm. We are never going to go back to the ways in which we worked pre-pandemic days. Uh, so work from home, work from anywhere, uh, partially working from the office, all of those will sort of create a hybrid or smart working uh, type of paradigms. Uh, what I think is uh, the biggest challenges to overcome in this shift is the trust between employers and employees. Uh, I think employers, for the most part, want to bring employees back to work. Uh, I tend to see that employees are saying, hey, it all works great. We are super productive. See what we have accomplished in 2020. So why do we need to get back to the office? Uh, that's that's a, a sort of a ongoing dialogue and discussion uh, that will shape uh, the future of working. Uh, when everything is shut down and employees are nothing else to do but work, it's no wonder that the productivity is great this year. But what happens when the, all the other distractions open up? Your bars are open, your restaurants are open, your happy hours are open, your birthday parties are open. Will the employees working from home be as productive as 
as they were or are during the pandemic? That's a question that uh, we ponder upon. And uh, but but uh, it, it's it's a for sure a big big change. Uh, we must all adapt uh, and and uh, get used to. And uh, I think this also has a broader impact on commercial real estate and how the office spaces and sprawling campuses that we're used to today are going to be reshaped. Uh, so that's uh, going to be a different uh, impact on the uh, commercial real estate industry. Yeah, absolutely. All, all most excellent points, Ashvin. And, and I think also we have to consider it depends on the culture of uh, of the organization, because, of course, if you look at some industries, for example, in financial services, you will find the digital neobanks and fintech startups uh, who have started by only having remote employees. And uh, obviously, they are very, very uh, well placed to 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 carry on in the, this digital way of uh, working. And perhaps those that indeed have invested in a, a, a large real estate uh, uh, capabilities, uh, they will struggle a, a, a bit because it's a new way of working and it's a new culture, which is not necessarily digital at the outset. And I think it's also probably a, a question of... Uh, of demographics. I mean, people as uh, as old as me probably uh, will feel that they'd like to go to the office and the younger generation maybe like prefer to work uh, remotely. But uh, we'll see uh, what this year and the coming years uh, will uh, will bring. I'm afraid that's all we have time for. But before I let you go, I'm going to ask each one of you for your top tip for 2021 for our listeners, starting with you, Trolls. Thank you very much. Um, I think that uh, one of the learning points I've had uh, during my, my long life is that, that culture eats strategy for breakfast and um, that we need to make sure that we have embedded uh, security, privacy and integrity in what we do now. Uh, that is, 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 is one learning point that, that I've had. And then I think that we in security, we should not promote fear, but we should protect hope. And we should do everything we can to unite a coalition of the willing instead of looking at those who doesn't want to help. And then we will together will be able to also prevail and to do something better. And we will be able to have a, a, a relatively bright future also uh, despite pandemic and cybercrime and all other things. Absolutely. Very wise. Thank you, Trolls. And Ashwin? You know, wait. I think a crisis is is the best opportunity to innovate and if you don't innovate you you can be uh obsolete uh so i would leave with that thought and and uh, also refresh your core values and create a positive culture i i can't agree more with trolls when he says culture eats software for breakfast uh it's very important and and as we get into these new paradigms of working Communicate often, right? Appreciate, recognize, and thank your people. You don't see them uh, like in the pre-pandemic days, uh, but do this in all your virtual forums. Uh, stay connected, communicate, and keep the lines of uh, communication open. And of course, adopt a security-first attitude. Thank you, Ashwin and Trolls. And on these words of hope, I wish you again a very happy 2021. You have been listening to episode four of the Talis Security Sessions 
podcast. Our title today was Time for the Crystal Ball, What to Expect in 2021. Thank you for listening. Love this episode of the Talus Security Sessions podcast? Search us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favourite podcast service to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Be sure to visit us at cpl.talusgroup.com to access previous episodes, bringing you insights from industry experts on the latest cloud and data security news and trends. Thank you for listening.